Are you living your best life as a salesperson or entrepreneur? Or do you find you're working all the time on this hamster wheel of life while stressed out and not financially free, which is the exact opposite of what you had signed up for, especially now in this global pandemic? If this is you, you are not alone. I found myself there in 2008 when I lost everything, including my health, and had to pivot working from home for the first time with no money. I rebuilt my life from scratch, juggling motherhood and marriage to get my life back and be recession and pandemic proof today. Now we live laptop lifestyles with our kids and are poised to travel the world together. How did we do it? Join me as I share my health and wealth and wisdom secrets, tips, tools, and expert interviews to equip you to be recession-proof and live your best life. My name is Lois Kofi, and this is Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. Well, all right, all right, all right. Happy Friday. It's Coach Lois here at Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. Super excited for our final guest of September and my new brother from another mother, Scott Mason. You guys are going to love him. Hope you guys are getting excited about being energized because we're shadows, the energy flows. Again, I'm Lois Kofi. I'm your host of Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. We come to you every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time with a few exceptions. And we're super excited to be rounding out this special topic of the month, suicide awareness, which is very near and dear to my heart. So deeper topics, definitely going along more of the health components this month, mental, physical, and spiritual. So if you happen to be tuning in, uh, feel free, you know the drill guys by now, comment below, hashtag live and where you're tuning in from. And on the replay, go ahead and comment below, hashtag replay. I'm super excited to go ahead and just dive right in and introduce you, Scott. Scott and I, we go way back to August, um, way back. <laughs> and we immediately connected. He's a fellow podcaster and a consultant all the way on the East Coast. And I'm just so excited to have you here. I was just on your show and um, we had some really deep conversations. So I'd love for you to share your story, your journey, especially as it pertains to mental health, success, and all of the things that go around that topic. Absolutely. First of all, I want to let you know how honored I am to be here. And we might have just met in August, but I do feel like I've known you an entire lifetime. So thank you for that gift. <laughs> I'm excited to also meet your audience too. Awesome. I was actually born in England. I was the child of a British woman who was studying languages in graduate school and a man who came in from Trinidad to be a lawyer. They had an affair. And look whose handsome little face popped out. Unfortunately, they could not keep me due to a number of obvious circumstances. And they put me up for adoption. I was adopted by a couple of African-Americans who moved to Kansas. And that's where I grew up, the backwoods of Kansas. My father worked for the state of uh, Kansas and with the highway patrol. My mother worked for a dog food factory. Mm -hmm. And it was unusual being looking like I do, being biracial, being adopted into an all-black family, mm -hmm. living in an all-white rural area. The son of parents who were in a social class where expectations for achievement were not mm. particularly high and where bigotry was open. 
I, when we moved into the neighborhood where I spent the most of my, the majority of my time in school in Kansas, yeah, within a couple of months, my sister, who is more visibly, and she's an adoptive sister through different parents, was called the N-word right to her face by one of our neighbors. And being LGBTQ in a religious area of the country that was not a progressive religious area didn't make things any better. Because frankly, members of the minority community that I was already a part of, the African-American family that I had, believed that not only was being LGBTQ wrong, but it was a symptom of being around white people. And so I really felt like I could only count uh, on less than one hand the number of people that looked like me or were like me. In a way, when I talk about my childhood, I describe it by saying that during the days, I would go running in the wheat fields for hours and hours just to be by myself. Mm-hmm. And then I, at night, I'd look out the window and, and see the stars. And I dream about how somewhere there had to be something better. Mm-hmm. Eventually, with hard work and not an insignificant amount of luck, mm-hmm. I left Kansas behind and I went to law school here in New York City where I've stayed ever since. On the one hand, opportunity was abundant. I was interested in public policy and there's no better place to get involved with really difficult, challenging urban policy issues than the alpha plant, alpha city on this entire planet, New York. <laughs> but outside of a superficial interest in urban policy, I wasn't driven by anything at the end of the day other than a desire to succeed. Because I knew that where I was coming from, Mm. no one was rooting for me. I knew that expectations were low. My high school speech teacher once told my whole class about me, ah, you can teach a monkey how to speak, but you can't teach him how to think. I wanted to prove to this world that I could be something different. And so I began what I call the descent into hell, which was an ascent across a rainbow that I believed was there that would lead to this treasure chest of authority, of respect, power, of people looking at me and saying, that's Scott Mason. He is somebody. But it was a descent into hell because as I achieved more and more, and by the way, I ended up working uh, in my first career as an executive with the city of New York itself. I ended up second in command of a government agency with hundreds of employees and that brought in about $100 million in tax revenue. I walked into my office, which was palatial. Frankly, it was bigger than my apartment. I said something, it got done. People recognized me. I was somebody, but I wasn't either because the descent gradually took away my soul. Mm. And I didn't even realize it. Grasping and grasping more for just achievement, for success, for power, Mm. without any sense of purpose, 
left me less and less and less of a human. I will never forget the day when I went into work one morning, 7 a.m. meeting. And after the meeting was over, I went, went to get some breakfast. So I stepped outside the office that I was in and crossed the street. And to my right on the curb, there was one of those 10 metal sort of coffee stands where a man sells coffee to folks walking by on the sidewalk for 75 mm -hmm. cents. Mm -hmm. And I saw him get three quarters from a customer and smile and give them their coffee. And Lois, I was so full of rage, hatred, anger, and envy. Because I wanted to be that man. Mm. He had everything. I had nothing. He had a smile. I had so little. I was jealous of someone's ability to smile. Mm. I tell people I had no soul. Mm. And I say to people, having a soul isn't something you want to be. It wasn't until... I crashed into the rocky shores of what I created for myself. It wasn't until I'd crossed that rainbow, opened up the chest and found that there was nothing inside mm. and had to crash till the raft that I was riding the waters on began to sink to the bottom. Mm. Then I realized I had to change. And in a way, that's when my life really began, although it was a struggle to get there. So in short, that's who I am. That's the essence of my journey. That's why I come and, and am involved in the work that I'm involved in today. Wow. Thank you. Um, I just want to acknowledge you for sharing that. I know there's a lot more layers, right? Like we oh, talked sorry. about when you interviewed me, there's so um, much to every single person's story and journey. Um, so I do hope, you know, we'll plug your podcast at the end and people can, can follow you and hear more you. about your journey. I want to acknowledge, uh, just as a reminder, if you're joining us live, please comment below. Hashtag live Hastings, Minnesota. Hello, Sean. He's my other brother from another mother. <laughs> I went to college in Minnesota. I love Minnesota. <laughs> So, so anyway, I, I also want to encourage you guys to hit the share button um, as we transition and kind of unpack. I'd like to unpack some of what you said because, and, and I want to make an acknowledgement. You know, I, 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 I know suicide is a very intense topic. Um, there's a fair amount of stigmas. Um, it was uh, 2006 this month when I had my first friend take his own life, right? And so I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. I'm, I'm not coaching people on this stuff, although... We had Frank King on last week who gave you a shout out. You guys are in, um, I think, some kind of like, a, is it a, a mental health group or, or, or something? Do I remember that right? We were involved in the, he's the editor of a book series on men's mental health that I had the good fortune to be a contributing writer to. And he is one of the foremost suicide, especially in the men's health space, experts in the country. So when you went for expertise... <laughs> You didn't start at the bottom of the ladder. You were right <laughs> to the top. Thank you. And 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 because I, I I when you think of healthy and wealthy and wise, and when I when I shared that title, it was actually because I experienced the rock bottom of my health, which I found was even worse than the rock bottom of my wealth. You know, when I went through my own homeless journey and bankruptcy and all that kind of stuff, it was it was the health was the the biggest loss for me. And so you. You talked about you had this perception as a child growing up in a very, um, like you said, in, in your words, bigoted and, and different 
parts of the country, it, it can be very hard to be unique and different. Yeah. Right. I have biracial children, so I've experienced something, mm -hmm. you know, being married to an African and that impacts your business, right? Oh, yeah. It impacts your business because if you're not healthy mentally, physically, and spiritually, it's so, so, so much more challenging, I think, to be your authentic self. And you went, went for a big word that I wrote down, achievement. Oof. I was always looking for achievement. I was always wanting to be acknowledged. And, and that comes at a price, doesn't it? Yeah, particularly if it is achieve or it's if it is pursued for its own sake right so when you you knowing that my audience is coaches speakers authors podcasters healers network marketers they're they're all going out there wanting to be successful yeah. right in business and achieve goals yeah. but they they feel kind of dead inside or they're feeling down or they're beating themselves up because they they thought they should be further in their life than they are today. And I, I hear these things from my audience. Yeah. That's why I'm talking about this topic with you because it's not often talked about, yeah. but I think it's the core of our health and our wealth. So yeah. what kind of advice or tips or how did you go from that, you know, powerful story, by the way, of seeing a guy who's just selling coffee on the side of the road and you were so angry, right? How did you come back from that? I, like you, had to, well, like many, I shouldn't say like you, but like many, had to hit rock bottom. It happened in a day. Hmm. I was in this great position, and my boss called me into her office abruptly to have a meeting. And I'll never forget what happened next. We were talking about this, that. And then she said, by the way, Scott, Sometimes I feel like you are trying to keep me at arm's length within my own agency. I don't like that. Now, in all honesty, and I, I will swear on this until the day I die, I actually had no desire for her position to cut her out of the agency. And she was a chief judge. It was, uh, it was a tribunal, a citywide tribunal. I had no desire to be a judge or to be a chief judge. So literally, she was accusing me of a goal I didn't want. I cared about the taxpayers and I cared about supporting her, but it wasn't taken that way for whatever reason. It didn't matter, because in that moment when she said that, I had been around long enough to know that a 20-year career, 20 years, had just ended in a flash. And indeed, in the tail end of the Great Recession, when unemployment especially here in the city, was over 10%, I was out of a job. I wasn't fired. I resigned, but I didn't have prospects. And it was over a year before I found another job. The beginning actually was in the darkest of those nights. After a year of sending out resumes, seeing them go nowhere, going to career counselors. Oh, Scott, you've got incredible experience. You've got great educational credentials. Your, uh, your personality is awesome. You'll get something. Yeah, didn't happen. Didn't happen. After a year, I began to think about my bank account. I began to think about being a middle-aged male executive who was out of work for more than a year. And 
one morning after I'd gone to sleep about 3.30 a.m., I woke up, really started to think about my prospects or lack thereof. I couldn't help it, Lois. I started to cry. Mm. Cry and I cried and I cried and I couldn't stop it. It was uncontrollable. I woke up my husband. He turned to me. Like, he literally sat there and listened. He comforted. He was just there. And after an hour and a half, we finally just crashed to sleep. And the next morning, he woke me up. He didn't have to work, thank goodness. And <laughs> I, of course, didn't have to work either. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so he said, why don't we go on a bike ride? And I said, okay, yeah, whatever. And so we got our bikes and I live in an apartment building. So we tromped down the stairs with the bikes on our shoulders and we took the bikes off. And then when I took the bike off my shoulder and the tires hit the street, my husband said to me, Scott, take a look around. And Lois, I did. The sky was a crystal blue. Leaves. Rich green. And the yellow of that bicycle glistened in the sun. Mm. Take a look around, he said, because you will work again. You'll survive this. And you'll look back one day. And you wish you could have it. And it'll be gone. Mm. That was what enabled me to make it through that day. Mm. The next day. The next day, too. If I hadn't had those words, Lois, I don't know if I could have done it. And when that process of beginning to rethink my future, seeing the beauty in what I had began, it began to open my what was the shell of a soul that I thought mm -hmm. had been gone. A crack opened. Mm -hmm. Some light began to be let in. And that's how I began that gave me the impetus to begin my own journey to reclaiming my soul, mm. to rebuilding myself inside, mm. creating a new life. I love that. Thank you. I call it the dark night of the soul. And um, you, you reminded me of my own first dark night of the soul when I lost everything and I was homeless. But I happened to be a friend of mine let me stay in their house, basically in this amazing seaside village called San Clemente, Southern California. And some days I, I actually kind of wish I could go back. I had like, <laughs> I had yeah. no money, but I was like living by the ocean and had the whole day to enjoy whatever I wanted to create that day, a blank canvas, right? And, yeah. and so sometimes I, that was like an awakening for me. And it sounds like you had what I believe is an awakening of yourself and uh, coming out of that, that shell and I feel like there's so many people that can relate to that right now because of what's happened in the last 18 months. Would you, have you seen that? I agree. In that night, everything was taken away. But like you said, a blank canvas was there for a new myth to be created. The pandemic has shattered, has burned to the ground. The mythological structures upon which we built our entire perceptions of the world and so many of our lives. Myths build foundations. They give us our identity. They give us the stories. They 
survive because on some fundamental level, we accept them as true. But what you're talking about, Lois, is the veil being ripped away mm-hmm. and the myths that were really lies dissolving because of that. It does present opportunity for us. Mm-hmm. But this time, we have to, if we want to make a change, if we want to emerge from this, truly embracing every, every opportunity that presents, we have to build new myths, new myths that are based on new truths. You talk about yourself, Lois, finding your own voice. Mm-hmm. But in order to understand, we have to go inside, pull out the truth of what our own voices are. And that voice is the song. That's the, that's the Homeric hymn that creates the new myth. So yes, long drawn out way of saying, you're right, and I have seen it. People are crying out for new stories, crying out for new myths. They're not only just culturally, but inside too. They just don't know how. And I, I wanted to give a shout out to, to Frank again. He is the one who introduced you to me. He's, he, he gave you a great compliment. He said, what a talented storyteller. <laughs> Hearing that from Frank, because I'll tell you all about Frank. Not only is he one of the top experts, if not, he's one of the top experts in suicidology that there is, but he's an incredible speaker himself. And anyone who knows Frank knows my homeboy keeps it real. <laughs> You do, Frank. You know you do. <laughs> well, maybe if you want, I'm open to you uh, sharing more about your podcast. I know it's 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 different. Like it's I don't even know if it's categorized in entrepreneurship or or what category it's in. Um, but you, through your own awakening, it sounds like through you rising like the phoenix from the ashes and finding your purpose, maybe, yeah. if I could say that, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Then you started this amazing podcast Thank you. called... Scott purpose. Mason's Purpose Highway. You've yeah. got it. <laughs> so Scott Mason's Purpose Highway. So mm-hmm. out of the ashes, you came, and this was was born because it's been how many years ago since that, that, that turning point, that rock bottom, to when you started that podcast? Yeah, and it is a passionate... It is, I bring every bit of passion that I have into it because I believe in what it's what it's about. Frank King, who we just have been discussing, was a guest on it. Like you mentioned earlier, you are a guest on it in an upcoming episode. So the cur- the theme of the current season is as follows, and it goes as to some of the things that we're talking about, but on a more meta level. But it, they also represent metaphors for who and what we are inside. Mm-hmm. We are in the middle of a silent revolution. It's a revolution of thought. Historically, we as a people have found our identities, our sense of meaning, our sense of connection through large institutions that have dictated or provided us with guidance or pathways for our our sense of ethics, our sense of purpose, our our, uh, morality, our spirituality. Those large institutions, like the myths we talked about earlier, though, are in decline and the data around this is indisputable. What does that mean for us as a people going forward? Because what it's led to is a secret plague of alienation and mistrust. Mm -hmm. 
isolation. Hmm. So the theme of the podcast is finding people that are involved in a new sort of movement for reclaiming their spirituality, their ethics, their sense of purpose. We talk to people who have gone through their own transformations, like you, gone to the other side. We talk to those who provide guidance to those who are seeking transformation around their spirituality, their purpose, their ethics. Again, like you. We also talk to academics who study this as a cultural matter, ethicists, or people that are really exploring why is this transition around our spirituality occurring now? What does it mean for us as a people future? in the future? We as individuals and as a society are deeply connected. The future is here. The question we ask is, are you ready? I love that. I love that the silent revolution, although here we are talking about it. So we, we won't we won't be silent, will we, Scott? <laughs> no. The days of silence. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, so it's all about speaking your truth and evolving like the 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 it's overused, I know, but I love the transformational journey of the cocoon and the butterfly. Yes. Right. You know, so I shared on your show and thank you for giving me that that safe space to be able to go deep in my journey of, of like you. I was always striving for for success in, in achievement and approval, which led to workaholism, people pleasing and actually put a cap on my income. And once I just released all that, went back into the cocoon for this butterfly round, as I call it, my my second awakening, I feel that I've had in this lifetime my income increased, my relationships deepened, mm. you know, like meeting you and boom. Exactly. It's, it, it's like if I would have just hopped on that Zoom with you and been, you know, good girl Lois, who's, you know, got yeah. it all figured out and wearing the mask and all of the things that we yeah. do in business a lot, right? Do you think we'd be here right now? Absolutely. And not only that, but we would not have the future that I know we're going to have together. Because by building that bond, we've changed the very course of our personal histories, as well as the histories of countless people that we may touch or that may be touched because of those that we touch mm -hmm. and the ideas that we've shared and exchanged and the, the mental expansions that we've had. The episode that you were on of my, of my podcast deeply affected the co-host of mine that was listening. We talked about it afterwards and we're going to be publishing some of our discussion about that around the time that your episode comes out. Mm. deeply affected. You went deep and you went real because that mask had been thrown behind because you had created a new myth for yourself. Thank you. I, I love it. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, just wanted to let you know, we've got some more people tuning in. Scott Bonner, I believe he's up in Washington. Always, if you can, hashtag live or hashtag replay as it were, and let us know where you're tuning in from. We have Elizabeth from the socal desert she's my neighbor my sister from another mister over I love here. <laughs> so gosh we could probably talk for hours um and i i, I want to know is there anything else that someone's listening maybe they're struggling in their business they're struggling mentally um is there anything else you haven't shared that has helped you in living out your purpose and, and speaking your truth. And, and I believe then that manifests abundance. So anything else? 
I tend to think in metaphor and perhaps metaphors that are visual can help people. There is a pipe between your brain and your heart and where they meet, there's a valve. And when you open that valve, the waters from the tomb cannot help but go out. That's your voice. That's your truth. Imagine any time you feel you're stuck or that your truth isn't being spoken or that it's being suppressed. Think about that valve. Because if that water pressure is built up, you don't release the valve, you will explode. Mm. Wow. I love that. And that goes back to what we were talking about. When you connect your head to heart, where we have, we again have three brains in our body, our head, our heart, and then the gut, our intuition brain, right? When we share our truth, like you and I have done multiple times now, the world is our oyster, right? Anything is possible. Yeah. And when you're coming from that heart head connection, wow. Ethics demands that we do it, by the way. We weren't given our gifts, our unique voice, our experiences for no reason. And to not express them in the world is to thumb the universe in the face. Say, I'm better than you. That's wrong. Hmm. Yeah, it's a universal law. Like It is. And it's so important, guys, just to kind of bring it full circle here as we start to wrap it up again. If, if someone had a question, I know this wasn't like a businessy kind of <laughs> here's your three steps to uh, kind of podcast. This whole month has been uh, focused on mental health awareness, suicide awareness, and, and you never know when this message could save a life, change a life, enhance a life. So if you don't have any questions, at the very least, hit the share button. And whether you're finding this in iTunes later, uh, you know, leave a review. If you're finding this in YouTube later, send it out to your, your network. Because at the end of the day, at the heart of the matter, um, your mental and physical and spiritual health bleed into your business. And how you show up um, can impact and shine a light into someone else's life. And so if you're, if you're real and authentic and not always faking it and saying you have it all figured out, I think that that's what brings people together, you know? And um, yeah, we could go on for hours. I have a feeling. And that's the one key that will begin to turn so many knobs for you. Amen. I love that. Well, a couple of quick announcements that that go along with this topic. And then um, I have one final question for you, Mr. Mason. Um, for those of you who see value in this and, and what part of my passion and what I discovered in this last awakening, um, last dark night of the soul coming out um, as a butterfly that I am currently is we really want to help people succeed in life and business. So if you haven't heard, maybe this is the first time, sign up for my virtual summit. Frank King, who was on last week, um, we have a couple of guests that are coming up in the next couple of weeks who are actually going to be um, talking more about their story and their journey of how they manifested coming from a place of spiritual sales and spiritual, personal, mental, physical growth. And then the world was their oyster they monetized everything they touched turned to gold, you know, 
And that's what we want for you. So it's free. Um, sign up on this link, manifestandmonetize.com. Invite your sales team, invite your friends. I think even if you don't have a business, if you happen to be listening to this, um, you could still benefit because there's a lot of topics on it, mental, emotional, and spiritual health inside of that summit. So sign up today and share with your friends. It's October 7th through the 9th, but you can actually get access and binge watch all of the recorded 26 or 27 speakers. Um, and I'm super excited to, to be able to share that with the world. So as we round out this episode, um, Scott, I always ask every guest, because I have my own meaning around the phrase healthy and wealthy and wise. Um, when you hear that phrase, what does it mean for you? It means fully radiating the light that the universe wants us to be the prism of. Oh, wow. Say that one more time. Fully radiating, radiating out the light that the universe wants us to be the prism for. I love it. I love it. I, and I, I, I saw Elizabeth's question late, um, but since we're still here and you got to, do you have another minute or two? Of course, for you. I always <laughs> got time. Oh, come on. And Elizabeth's one of my top, uh, you know, she, she tunes in almost every week. So I'd love for you to share. How do you recommend calming anxious stress triggers? Absolutely. I do have thoughts about that. And I will say as a sort of story example, perspective is everything and always being mindful of it. I'll give two examples of jobs that I had and why I think so strongly about that. So among the other jobs I had when I worked for the city of New York, I was a building safety regulator. And I was in that job when 9-11 happened. That was stressful. And one of the jobs that I had afterwards for years, actually, was I was heavily involved in skyscraper safety legislation to rectify that situation in future construction so that if any sort of horror like that ever occurred again, thousands of lives would be spared. I worked in the emergency command room afterwards for months. That was stressful. It's the maximum stress, in fact, when the first tower went down that I've ever experienced in my life. L much later in my career, I owned a t-shirt and apparel printing factory. The response and the approach that people had to future terrorist attacks and mass casualties was actually far more calm, rational, and reasonable than the response that people would have to a slightly off-color dot on a t-shirt. We would have people call up the factory hysterical, crying, unable to control themselves because a dot, literally, on the back of a t-shirt was orange-red versus red-orange, as opposed to when we were talking about nuclear attacks in New York, people were calm and rational. So perspective matters. The dot on the t-shirt didn't matter as much as an act of war. So number one, always maintain perspective. Is it the World Trade Center coming down on you or is it a matter of something a little bit smaller? Number two, no matter what, when I've been in work situations that are high pressured and I have been in a lot, make no mistake, government, the level I was at, you, you, there was a lot. 
I always found the lesson from the bicycle in the sun that I mentioned earlier to be valuable. Take a moment, no matter what, walk somewhere and look for beauty in the moment and focus narrowly on that. One time I did such a walk. I found that the moss that grew up in the cracks between the sidewalk actually made the gray of the, the gray of the sidewalk slabs made that green look all the brighter and more delicate and beautiful. Hmm. I was angry. I was full of rage, but focusing on that beauty in the moment got me to refocus my energies, got me to see something positive. It grounded me in the positive and something that was low stress. And also by putting myself in the position where I was focused away from the moment, I was able to step back and ask myself, is this a dot on a t-shirt or is it the World Trade Center coming down? I love it. You know what? We're just going to have to start another podcast and do one together. Okay, Scott, I just, I just love you so much. And I'm so grateful to have you in my life. I think that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to make it a <laughs> nine or 10 hour podcast, but that's what it is. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so Elizabeth says thank you. Um, she actually lived there for time, so that that helped give her give 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 her some perspective. So I love it. I love it. Thank you, Elizabeth, for allowing us to to answer that question and and give us that that uh, brilliant, beautiful story. So again, guys. Hit the share button if you saw value today. I will have his recording up on my Suicide Prevention Month uh, website, which will be here until next September when we, we take the topic um, again and, and take time to just honor um, mental health and knowing how that directly and indirectly impacts our business, our families, in our world. So we'll see you guys next week, October 1st, kicking off the new month, uh, my, my summit month um, with our guest, George Shepard. He is the producer of my virtual summit. So we're going to be talking how to manifest and monetize through summit. So until next time, guys, um, here's to your best health, your best wealth, and your best wisdom. Thanks for tuning in. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, refer a friend, and please drop me a rating or a review. If you do that, I'll reward you with a free 20 minute free coaching session on crafting your journey to your best self. Reach out to me at lois at loiscofi.com to claim your 20 minute slot. Until next time, be healthy, wealthy, and wise.